Start your engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on kind of a rainy, cloudy Saturday morning. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. That's the thrill to be here. And um, we keep looking for warm weather. We get little brief spits of it and then it gets cold again and we kind of got a 45 uh, degree rainy day here in spartanburg but we're gonna unrain it because we got racing going on and things to talk about and uh everything's going good and uh got a member of our cast on the line this morning to start out with good morning ronnie good morning guys how y'all doing this morning doing good you sound great and uh Ronnie well, said, I'm extra happy this morning. Yeah, I know you ought to be, but your arm's sore, isn't it? Really, it's not. I tell you, I took a couple of Tylenol before I went, and then I took a couple of Tylenol later yesterday afternoon. But let me tell you what happened to everybody else. I got my first COVID vaccine shot yesterday. Oh, uh, you ain't alone. And so I, I didn't have any symptoms at all. Of course, that might have something to do with coming straight home and taking a nap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, I mean, I'm glad you did to make it more more available, and it seemed like uh, that's that's a part of the situation. Society's doing better, and that helps racing and puts more people where they can see see these events. And uh, I'm I'm glad that they're on top of that pretty good. And I think there's a lot of good things going to happen in racing uh, this year, a lot better than last year. And it, things in general are going to get a lot better. Well, Ronnie, Ronnie sent me a picture of himself yesterday. Uh, I with, thought you liked that shirt I had on. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a little too orange. <laughs> a little too orange. <laughs> it was a lot too orange. But, uh, I'm yeah, going to my higher orange. I'm glad you, got a, glad you got that taken care of. Now, you get your next shot in a month, right? That's right. Yeah. It, uh, and look, I got mine at Walmart. I know they, they, they're telling everybody to go to the uh, VAM site, V-A-M-S. Yeah. But since they have started sending it to more pharmacies and stuff, I recommend that you get on the websites of Walmart, Costco, Sam's, uh, any of the, the big drug stores. Like Walgreens or CVS, and go through their site because I went to the uh, the site from uh, DHEC, and if I were going to wait to the appointment I got there, I would still be almost a month away from it. But I went on uh, Walmart, and I got uh, an appointment in a week. Well, I went. On, I signed up. I went on DHEC. Um, last, uh, I guess it was a week ago, Thursday and found one this past Monday. 
I mean, that's like three days later. And but I had right. to drive 120 miles to Chesterfield, and I made it for 10 o'clock in the morning. Which, uh, well, to have to drive 120 miles, that that made me had have to get a pretty early start. But it was just straight down Highway Nine. It was, Monday was real rainy, so that was kind of a pain. Right. But uh, I mean, I got down there. I was in and out, and I had me a hamburger in Chiraw or someplace, and came on back to Spartanburg and. I was just telling Greg, I got to go back in a month, um, March twenty second. That's your birthday, isn't it, Greg? Yep. Okay. Sure well, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get shot in the arm for your birthday. And uh, <laughs> well, maybe when I go with you, things opened up enough to where I just go get my first, as you get. Well, yours. you got to schedule it. You can't just oh, walk know, in the I door and get one. We're, we're, we're working on stuff like. Well, anyway, that. let me finish my story. And uh, so um, I went. Uh, you know, I was thinking about seeing if, if I could get it done quicker here, but. I mean, it was such an easy drive down there. It just even with the rain and everything, it only took two hours and a little over two hours, and it's a pleasant drive. Just it's not hard to get on number nine and drive until you get to Chesterfield, and uh, it was pretty pretty pleasant experience altogether. They got me in and out, and were very happy about it. And uh, what shot did you get? What I got Moderna. That's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Well, we haven't talked a bit about racing yet, so. Uh, this, I know, and it was a good racing weekend last weekend, I thought. Yeah, it was, but let me talk about today. We're doing a special Black History Month show, and we've got a great show for you today. With uh, Coming on at 1020, we've got Brett Hijack, who is uh, a friend of Greg's, who's a car collector, and he actually got a <clears> museum <throat> out in Ames, Oklahoma. And he has got a bunch of race cars out there. It looks like he's got a couple of Greg's of the Moors, but he's also got one of Wendell Scott's cars. And so we're going to talk to him about that. And then, uh, of course, we'll have Deb Williams. That's the real deal. Yep. Then we'll have Deb Williams at 11, uh, 1040. And then 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to uh, Tony Arnold, whose father was on uh, Wendell Scott's pit crew. And she is, as she did last year, last July, she's going to have us hooked up in a multiple line phone call with uh, – Frank Scott, Wendell Scott's son, and uh, her brother, Trey, who is um, an engineer up in Detroit and is very knowledgeable about auto racing and what it has meant to uh, blacks and black history. And uh, then we're going to do that for about a half an hour and come back. And uh, by that time, uh, Alan should be in here. He's taking most of the morning off. And he'll be here about 1130 to uh, do his local scene and we'll wrap it up so we got a good show this morning ronnie and greg and we uh look forward to uh, and uh, also what really uh ties all this together march the 4th is the 60th anniversary of wendell scott's first big time race his first grand national race which was right here at the spartanburg fairgrounds and it was and, well, uh, I know it was. That's well, what I, I mean, just said. I, I know, but for, for some reason, uh, somebody else had remembered that. But I knew it from you. Yeah. He bought Buck Baker's Chevrolet. Buck used to have a garage there on the corner of, uh, right there near the city hall, right on the corner of Broad Street and South Church. And it was on the second floor, and he had a, and 61 Buck switched over to Chrysler's. And so he had an old uh, used 60 Chevrolet that it was pretty used up. He'd, he'd run it a whole season. And he sold that to Wendell. And I remember being um, at the fairgrounds that night when they had that race. And 
I actually thought it was Buck Baker because Buck Baker didn't run his new Chryslers. He, uh, he wasn't, uh, he didn't race at all that night, but his car was there, uh, number 87. And, uh, but I didn't know it was Wendell Scott and I don't remember anybody saying that it was Wendell Scott. I, I mean, that wouldn't have been, I didn't a, either. that wouldn't have been a thing to me at the time. So, uh, anyway, that's where Wendell got his start right here in Spartanburg. And I know a few years ago, they, um, uh, they had little decals that they put on the, the, the post there was at the C post right by the driver's yep. seat. And, uh, we all know, had one on. Yep. That, uh, I think it said, uh, it had three, four 61 and it might've had Wendell Scott's name. I can't remember exactly, Something but it, like it was just yep. a little round black sticker. And, uh, and it was commemorating that first race in Spartanburg. So, uh, so we're going to talk about that with uh, members of the Scott family and Tony Arnold set all this up for us like she did last year. So uh, we um, we got a good show for you. I got a lot of comments on the show last week when we had uh, Daryl Waltrip who talked about Dale Earnhardt and uh, got kind of an emo- emotional there. And we uh, that was a hell of an interview, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good interview, and uh, we've uh, yeah. Um, We've had a lot of good comments on both of our first two shows. What you say, Ronnie? I was say that I uh, need to remind people if they did not hear the inter- interview last week, they can find it on the podcast. That's right. The uh, you can give them the details on that. Yeah, Lanny McKinney maintains. Uh, well, let's go ahead and thank him now. Get him uh, taken care of. Lanny McKinney is uh, Greg's cousin, and he maintains the Budmore engineering website and he does our podcasts and maintains the Facebook page and he'll have the podcast of, uh, every show, every Saturday, usually on there by, uh, late afternoon, three or four o'clock. So, uh, those are on there now. In fact, I listened to that three hour podcast. Most of it coming back from Chesterfield on Monday. So, uh, how did that thing sound? That sounded real good. You know, the, I thought it did too. It sounded I mean, real but- good. Smitty pushed the button. So it had to, sound good well oh, but anyway <laughs> it i thought it was a good program i hope the people enjoyed it uh like i say we, we might have been a little bit rusty but i never i hadn't listened to that program from start to finish so what you're saying is uh it looked like that i didn't mess up too bad so we had nobody messed up it was a great show oh, a, I, oh really I know good that. show um ronnie you uh get that next shot now you're not gonna have too many excuses not to come back into the studio oh it's not i'm i'm getting excited about it i, I really miss coming in with you guys we're getting we get excited about it too and uh i know you want to play it safe about a lot of things and there's a lot of insight and uh pe- things that people didn't understand and i think you played it right but just to get your rear end in here so you can contribute to this show because we got a lot of people to talk to and a lot of good racing left. Yep. A lot of good racing. It's going to be better than it was last year. We're just getting started. You get in here and, uh, uh you already, you made your pick already, right? You're going to take, uh, Kyle Bush. Right? I'm, I'm going to stick with Kyle. I think, I think he's going to not let that first win be his only win. Okay. And, uh, uh, Lanny, speaking of Lanny, he's already checked in with, uh, Logano. So, uh, We'll make the rest of our picks later. Uh, Ronnie, I'm going to let you go and so I can get ready to – I'm going to do some wrap-up from last week at Daytona, and uh, and then we're going to get Brett Hayjack on the phone. Uh, so uh, thanks for calling in, buddy, and uh, can't wait to get you back in here. All right. See you all soon. Okay, buddy. That's uh, Ronnie Black.
good to have Ronnie on the show. Let me oh. touch bases here with uh, about the last uh, few minutes of this segment. We did have a cup race last week, as you know, and they ran the road course again at Daytona. And, Greg, another surprise winner, Christopher Bell. Yeah. I mean, what's... I don't know what the deal is with these things, but they do have the car super safe. They got them super equal. And uh, we've been seeing Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell doing good and some different things. But Well, he drove that number 95 Levine Brothers car, or Levine family car last year. And uh, he was way behind Joey Logano with, uh, you know, not too many laps left last yeah. week. But Logano... When he put on the brakes, man, it was like metal on metal. You could see the sparks flying, and he could not—he couldn't drive into those turns on that road course like he like he should have been able to, and that just enabled uh, Christopher Bell to run him down and take the win. So, uh, two races in a row and two first-time winners, and I don't think that's happened. Uh, somebody I heard somebody say I didn't check it, but since like the 1949 or 1950 season. I was about to say it had to be a long time ago. I, I don't remember nothing like that. And also, uh, it's interesting you said that. Of course, you'd already said it earlier, me and you talking, but my brother mentioned that. Uh, my brother, Brandon, we're going to get him on my show maybe to next week or something. But he said the same thing. He said, you know, pretty good racing. Still some things that need to maybe adjust. Main thing, get this, everybody get the vaccine, get this virus over with, but uh, he said that was one of the strangest things, the, the two winners and that sort of stuff. But like I said, a lot of races to go, a lot of people going to win. Well, but, let, let me run down this top, uh, the top finishers because, you know, at one point, Kurt Busch had a nice lead. And the next thing you know, he missed that little uh, right-hander. Chicane. Uh, that little left-hander there in the infield. Well, it wasn't a chicane. It was just a, a little elbow in the straightaway, and he was off through the dirt and was sideways and backwards and spinning around. And uh, I think he dropped from first to 27th. And, uh, you know, well, that's going to be it for him. Well, it wasn't it for him. He came back fairly strongly, as did uh, Michael McDowell, who started on the front row and screwed up the first lap real bad he missed the first turn and went wide and fell back and lost 10 or 11 positions uh he battled back and had a good finish so christopher bell was your winner joey logano limped in second denny hamlin was third kurt bush recovered for fourth brad keselowski was fifth kevin harvick sixth aj allmendinger had a good race there for a while and that uh colleague car he was seventh. Michael McDowell recovered for eighth. Ryan Priest ninth, and Alex Bowman tenth. So uh, they um, point standings now as of two races into the season. Of course, I, I don't. Once again, I don't do the point standings as I, I do the playoff standings, which means more to me. Uh, so Christopher Bell and Michael McDowell are first. With uh, well, Christopher Bell actually has uh, as first, but by way of uh, the playoff points, which is, you know, for how you finish in a segment or winning a segment and all, all that stuff. Anyway, that's the tiebreaker with Michael McDowell because they both have one win, and they're both in the playoffs no matter what. Third, though, is Denny Hamlin. Fourth, Joey Logano. Fifth, Kevin Harvick. Sixth is Chase Elliott. Seventh, Ryan Priest. Eighth, Kurt Busch. Ninth, Austin Dillon. Um, 
and he's tied with Keselowski. 11th is Cole Custer. 12th, Kyle Larson. 13th, Bubba Wallace is in there. If we went to the playoffs today, he'd be in it. 14th, Martin Truex. And tied for 15th are Ricky Stenhouse and Corey LaJoy. So, got some new faces up there. It's only two races into the season. And let me touch right now on uh, uh, the lineup for this week. Denny Hamlin's on the pole. Of course, these positions were assigned. Logano starting second. Christopher Bell third. Harvick fourth. Kurt Busch fifth. McDowell still getting good starting spots. He's sixth. Brad Keselowski seventh. Ryan Priest is eighth. Martin Truex ninth. And Cole Custer is tenth. We may touch on that a little bit more later. But right now, let's take our first break and come back. And we're going to go out to Ames, Oklahoma, and talk to Brett Hayjack about uh, his car collection and especially the one for uh, Wendell Scott. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Reuben's, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, if you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome, I never slice. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster in Jenny Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take that first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. You already know Carolina Driveline is the upstate's leader for custom drive shafts and high-performance racing. But did you know Carolina Driveline also specializes in agricultural and industrial equipment? Carolina Driveline can keep your equipment moving so you're never down for long. And when the work weekends, Carolina Driveline's 37 years of experience can deliver the best in off-road racing and 4x4 solutions. Whether it's your workday equipment, your everyday car, or your weekend 4x4, Carolina Driveline is your high-performance solution. Find out more at carolinadriveline.com. Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com. 
Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located off I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Welcome back to Start Your Engines here on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and it's my pleasure to welcome my first guest, Brent Heck Hayek. I see, I knew I'd mess it up anyway, Brent. Uh, uh, you nailed it, man. Oh, well, okay. Well, thank you. He's out in Ames, Oklahoma, and we have, uh, and he's got a heck of a car collection for us. And Greg, thank you for getting uh, Brent on the show. I'll just call him Brent. I know I can handle that. Yeah. Well, uh, Brent knows well as I enough. do that. that Fair uh, enough. But uh, we got a Brent in the middle of the family. And uh, uh, Brent's met him, but uh, now Brent Brent has done a lot for the sport. He's got a tremendous car collection. He lives out in, in, in Arizona, a very well known name, Oklahoma. I know I can't yeah. mention that for some reason. Now, we, we're trying See, to figure out time zone. After but the weather, after winter we've just had, I'd rather be in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, most people think Iowa. I've heard of Ames, Iowa, but Ames, Oklahoma yeah. was a new one on me. Now, nobody knows about Ames, Oklahoma. Anyway, isn't it like about an hour and a half from Oklahoma City? I mean, what? Yeah, yeah, there's less than two, population's less than 200. Actually, there's, there's 76 championship race cars and two right at 200 and some people, which make Ames the uh, race car capital of the United States. I believe you're right about that. Now, tell us some of the cars you've got in your collection, because I've seen it on the, on your, uh, on the Internet, on your website, and it's uh, it's it's real impressive. Oh gosh, you just go right on down. Uh, you know, as far as uh, cup cars, you know, got Earnhardt, got two of his cars, uh, Bill Elliott's first '87 car. Oh God, Fireball Roberts his '63 Ford. Uh, man, Fred Lorenzen '65 Ford. Fire, uh, gosh, Barnelli Jones '63 Merck one he won the Pike Speed Kill Climb with. Uh, Dale Jarrett, Bobby Allison his Malibu. Uh, David Pearson, 69 Torino, with a Boss 9 in it. Petty, 71. Uh, Mopar with the 426 in it. Uh, we did, and those are the cup cars, or just part of them. Uh, you know, we got drag cars from Phil Bonner, you know, Daddy Warbucks out of Atlanta, and Dino Don Nicholson, Gas Ronda, Jungle Jim, uh, Bob Glidden, you know, and, and uh, Bonneville stuff. Uh, from Mickey Thompson, his old Mach 1 Mustangs that they run at Bonneville. And That's his incredible. Son Danny drove for us, and we set land speed records back in 08 with Danny Thompson, and the same car, Bill Elliott drove it at Talladega, and we set a record there. That's incredible. Hey, look, now, we're celebrating Black History Month here today. Uh, Wendell Scott ran his first Grand National race in Spartanburg on March the 4th, 1961. So not only is uh, the 60th anniversary of that coming up next week, but uh, but it's Black History Month in February anyway. And you've actually got some of Wendell's cars out there. Is that correct? Yes. We bought uh, 
has about 46,000 pounds of parts and cars from from Wendell, uh, Wendell's family. Uh, it, it was Wendell's. I, I was having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out, piece this thing all together. And uh, Ned Jarrett was talking to me. I asked Ned about this. You know, I told him I bought all Wendell stuff, and and Ned, you know, when he was the when he was a Cup champion, he was at up in Dearborn. He was talking to Lee Iacocca, and uh, Ned's exact words were, "He told Iacocca it would behoove Ford Motor Company to help Wendell out." You know, Wendell he'd always he ran pretty good. He sure did. He, just need, he, he needed more parts. Well. It, it was kind of a funny deal that very Sunday night. Wendell got the call from Ralph Moody. Ned and Ralph Moody, and he went down there. This was in uh, 1964. He went down there and picked up uh, Fireball 63 Ford from Hallman Moody. You know, they'd always give Wendell the next year. Carn in 60 and 66, he got Fred Lorenzen 65 Ford. Then in 60, 60, 68, he got. Uh, the car that, that we restored back is his, uh, the 67 Galaxy, or 66 Galaxy that uh, Kale Yarborough drove, Fanjo Matthews, number 27 car. Okay. But Wendell was, was actually what you'd call, I'd call him the very first collector, because he didn't, he saved everything. You know, he had, he, you know, he, he saved all this stuff, and it was really cool, you know, that, that Ford, would, or that Holland Moody, would give him, you know, the last year car and 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 some parts. I'd heard stories to the boys. You know, Wendell come up there and he'd he'd put him a pile of the parts together, and Ralph would make him a deal on it. You know, it's Wendell, how much money you got in your pocket? And Wendell would pull out his money. To, well, that that that'll get that pile of parts. You know, and it, it was just a, a a really really cool deal. You know, and hearing uh, hearing Bud talk about him, Bud more very good very good was a very good friend of mine i got his joe wedley car that's come out of the uh the darlington the joe wedling museum at darlington that's what i understand and, uh, and bud would tell us stories about him you know and uh gosh a few years back leonard the wood brothers were, were putting together uh a 63 ford a tribute to the one that they won daytona with tiny Lund was driving and they needed some parts and they knew i had all them parts and i said I'd sent a bunch of that stuff back back to the Wood Brothers, and I'd run into Leonard, and Leonard said, where did you get those illegal lower control arms? <laughs> off that, that 63 Ford. And I said, well, uh, I I bought them from Wendell. He said, well, well I bill them. I know they're illegal. I give them to Wendell. <laughs> and, and I bought them from Wendell and, and give them back to Leonard. So, so they made know, full said, circle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, they did. And I mean, everybody... Uh, you know, just, just by by all accounts, you know the the guys that that ran with with Wendell back in the day, you know they had a lot of respect for him. You know what what he was doing, you know, with 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 so little, uh, was was just amazing. And you know we we bought all them parts and pieces and going through them, and we still got a bunch of that stuff. You know the the story that 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 those uh, I just wish all them. All them parts you talk to me, but some of them do, you know. <laughs> well, we'll let you do the talking for them. But let me let me ask you this now, because I've seen a picture of this car in a museum, and I don't know which museum it was. It might have even been on loan to the Hall of Fame in Charlotte. But somewhere there's a um, – Wendell's got a, 
I, I'm pretty sure it's a Ned Jarrett's old 62 Chevy because I remember when he drove it at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. In fact, he turned it over at the fairgrounds in 1963. But uh, do you have that car? Do you have any of Wendell's Chevrolet's? No. No, I don't. I, I, I really, I really don't know what happened to that car. It's a Chevy, but he he got to running Fords there so many years, right? Uh, that he was he was saving the parts. Well, and I, those the, those cars got uh, a lot of that stuff. You know, he just kept using it, kept using it, and in a sense, it got preserved. Yeah, I know that when he ran that car. Wendell ran that 62 Chevy of uh, Ned's old car. It still had Ned's sponsor on there. It was uh, uh, some motel in Daytona was on the front fenders and some she- something else was on the back. Anyway, Bondi Long or something? No, that was a Chevrolet. It was, oh, yeah, uh, okay. uh, but um, anyway, you know, Wendell did get the most out of what he had. And, I, you know, when he won um, at Jacksonville that time, that was an easy uh, 62 Chevrolet. So, uh, right. Um, you know, that wherever that car is, I, I, I'd yeah. be interested in seeing we, it, but I haven't, no, uh, if you don't know, I sure I, as heck don't know, but somebody's got it. No, I wish I, I, it sure be. I'm, I'm afraid that thing ended up as most of the old cup cars, grand national cars did back in the day. They'd rebody them and, uh, the cars would lose their identity. Right. Know? And God, that went on right up through the nineties. It did. It did, Brent. You know, really there's a did. lot of, it, you know, we'll find these old cars, and it, you have a hard time, you know, trying to trying to figure out who they were. You know, but in Wendell's case, it it was real easy. There was a, oh gosh, Stock Car Magazine. They did it. In fact, it took two issues to get the story, and it's a really cool story about Wendell. Uh, Shoestring Stormer, I believe, was what they called the article, and uh, Wendell went right down the line of all those cars, you know, how he got them and what years and everything, whose cars they were, which, you know, Wendell's own, own words, you know, back in, in the late sixties, when that article came out, really helped uh, tie this, put, put the puzzle together on, on the particular cars that we had. Yeah. I tell you, uh, I, I always get your postcard, Brent, and just, you know, you love running forward. You run so fast. You and, uh, Thompson and uh, yeah. out there, out there, at, uh, Bonneville. Y'all have several records. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got the three fastest Mustangs in the world. Three fastest Mustangs in the world, and the fourth one's yeah, out here in the parking lot at the radio station. <laughs> a like di- a distant four. <laughs> Did, didn't you start off at like a, a two fifty three and wound up at right right at two seventy or something? I mean, yeah. It, the Mustangs become airborne about two seventy something. They're they're pretty unstable out there. So we we'd, we'd gotten and run into that, and then we'd went on and took a crew cab F two fifty diesel Ford and went one hundred eighty two with it out there. You know, and, and those those were some good times. But it was really interesting that 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 one Mustang, the first one we took to Bonneville, you know, we took it to Talladega, and no one had ever taken the same vehicle and set records, you know, in Bonneville and Talladega. And that, that was a, that was pretty cool. And, and Bud Moore was very instrumental on that project. He helped us, uh, uh, he was in the wind tunnel with us. And, uh, and then I, Bud, Bud was, uh, he's the one that got my driver for me. I, you know, we, we really wanted Bill Elliott. 
drive that car, and I had no connections with Bill. And I called Bud. I said, Bud, can you you got any strokes with Bill? Can you get him to talk, think about doing this? And Bud said, yeah, I think I can. And, and it was the next day. My phone rang, and it was a number I did not recognize. And he said, is this Brent? I said, yeah. He said, this is Bill Elliott. I understand. Bud Moore told me, you're needing a driver. And I said, wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> I want to hear it. You know, and, and then Bill went on to do that. And then we got that's how we got to know Chase. Chase was 13 years old then, and I'd made a deal with Bill, you know, for him to drive for me, but he wouldn't let me pay him. Well, the next the next year, we, when we showed up at Daytona, Bill and Cindy come to me and said, Brent, Chase needs to learn how to get a sponsor. We already had our money deal worked out, and everybody knew it was Chase. So Chase is going to take He's 13 years old then. We'll take you up. You're going to take him up in front of that transporter, and he's gonna put a, you're going to put a 15, 20-minute session on he's got a He has got to learn how to get a sponsor, and Chase did just that. And, uh, everybody knew it was a done deal except Chase. But it, but it was so cool for then him going win the, you know, I, I was just so proud of him and and Bill and Cindy, what they'd done there. But all this all this kind of tied together. I know it's a long way around, but but it, it is really really cool and you know and us having uh, Wendell's old cars helped us you know with Ford with Ford Motor Company and to to get into to doing the the things with the newer cars that we were doing. It was kind of a step forward and. And that, that particular car, it was on loan. Wendell's car was on loan to uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame. And they right now it's sitting in the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn. Uh, on a, oh, that's a right. You got, you got it in the Henry Ford Museum, and that's something yes, else. Yes, sir. Yeah, we just, just moved it in there. Yes, sir. I'm trying to think, Brent. Uh, that particular car there. Uh, I mean, you know, I was familiar with the Mustang stuff and, and, you know, you'd send the pictures every time, uh, you'd break a record on your Christmas card or we talked on the telephone, but, uh, it looked like a 65, this is on, on, on your card. Uh, uh, it looked like a 65 Ford burgundy with a white 34 and black wheels. It's a, it's a pretty car. I mean, I, it, what was actually the history behind that one? I know you had a million parts to go through. So well, you know, like I said, that one that one come out of all Wendell stuff. We bought it. Uh, Kim Haynes had actually put that deal together years ago, and uh, we that that was in part of the stuff. You know, uh, that was just like added material. Out, that was just, just, yeah, was, just was a little Alman, bonus. Almond Moody, yeah. Banjo Matthews owned that car when Kale drove it, and they. They turned it in fairly early in the season, so they got away from them galaxies and went to the Fairlanes. That, that was when they had the transition. And uh, the galaxies had to carry, they were just so much heavier, they couldn't, they really couldn't compete with the with new Dodge Chargers and stuff that came out. No. And, and uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that old car, you know, we'd, we'd had some good pictures or some decent pictures of, of Wendell. You know, right when he first got it, and uh, he 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 was that old car wasn't very beat up when Wendell got it. He he ran very well with it. He would have, gosh, I think Wendell would have made the he would have made the chase or the playoffs as they call it. Now I think Wendell would have made it seven years, seven of the years that he raced. Oh yeah, that's what pretty, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Wendell Wendell really was up there at the top. But you know, you were racing. 
two or three times a week a lot of those days. And uh, and Wendell was oh, up yeah. to the task of uh, going from track to track, and that's that's what you had to do to, uh, you know, in a sixty race season, you had to you had to be on yeah. the road all the time, and it wore 62 out. Sixty two races, that's unreal. It, it wore out oh, equipment. Yeah, he, yeah, Wendell, he, he, I tell you what, he worked his tail off keeping that thing going, and you know he, you know, and like I said, by all accounts, all the other, you know, drivers that are, there, that were still around that I was able to visit with, you know, he was very well respected. Yeah. Well, Brent, we're going to have to let you go because uh, All right. we're up against it. But, I, you know, I've got so many questions for you. Will you please? Oh, we can sit here, we can sit here and tell lies and stories for the next month. I, mean, well, I, I appreciate you guys. Man. Well, I, 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 I want you good work. I want you to please come back on the show later on in the, in the year. You just, anytime, we got all kind of crazy race stuff we talk about. Yeah. Okay. Brent, okay. we've been talking, right. man, you've been talking Thank that trash for about five years. Today. Take yeah, care. Sure, yeah. We'll be talking to you before then, but we'll talk to you later in the year on, right. on radio. You stay in touch with us. All right. Bye. Uh, thank you. That's thank you, Brent. Brent Hayek. I finally got it right, I yeah. think, that time. That's correct. We're going to take a break right here and come back with Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster in Jenny Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take that first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Football season is coming. Whether you're a Spartanburg Viking fan or a Chapman Panther, a Gamecock or a Tiger, whether you're a Carolina Panthers or a Washington football team fan, we can all agree that we can't wait for kickoff. Make sure you're ready for football season by visiting Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio will get your car ready for football with new speakers so you can hear the games clearly. Elite Audio has everything you need to make your ride more enjoyable from stereos and speakers to DVD players and navigation systems. So get your car ready for football season and go see the experts at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. 
You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. Good morning, Deb. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? We're doing great, and we're sort of, uh, we're not sort of, we are celebrating Black History Month here at uh, Start Your Engines, and we just had on a gentleman out in Ames, Oklahoma, who has a, one of Wendell Scott's cars in his museum out there. And, of course, as we discussed yesterday, Wendell um, drove his first Grand National race here in Spartanburg in one of Buck Baker's old cars on March the 4th, 1961. So uh, it was 60 years ago, and I was a, a little tot of nine running around the nasty pits at Spartanburg. Do you have any particular memories about Wendell? Or I know you probably uh, – I know you know his family because anybody that went to these uh, autograph sessions and book sellings and things got to know uh, Mary and uh, and Frank and uh, Sybil and uh, and the Scott family. Yes, um, I do have a very special story about Wendell. And, right. of course, when we inducted Wendell into the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame, I was assigned to... Uh, kind of escort Mary and take care of her and, and sit beside her on stage at the at the induction ceremonies. And, of course, through the years, Sybil and I have become very close friends, and um, we always saw each other and talked to each other at the NMPA Hall of Fame deal. Unfortunately, you know, with the pandemic going on, it, it's kind of hard to keep touch with everybody. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, my dad actually thought a great deal of Wendell and what he accomplished in an era that was so difficult for uh, an African-American or black man to succeed in. And my dad used Wendell as an example for me. Uh, we were at Bristol. I don't remember how old I was. I don't even think I was a teenager at the time. And we were sitting on the back stretch. And Daddy pointed Wendell out to me in the race, and he said, now watch this. And Wendell came down pit road. He was pitting on the back stretch. That's when they pitted on front and back stretch there. And Wendell stopped his car. He unbuckled. He got out of the car. He started working on his car. He completed the work, climbed back in the car, buckled himself back in, and went back out onto the track in the race. And my dad turned to me, and he said, now see... You can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough. Yeah. And there's some wonderful... Go, go ahead. There's some wonderful stories this about Wendell just like that. But, yeah, go ahead, Deb. No, I was just going to say, and, you know, that's the story. That has gotten me through difficult times, whether it be in school or in pursuing what I wanted to pursue in my career. When times, times got tough, I always thought of that story and thought of what Dad said to me, and I went, yep, 
you can, and that's what's gotten me through a lot of difficult times. Yeah, well, there's a lot of inspiration in Wendell's story and his life, and uh, um, we're more than happy to uh, to celebrate Wendell Scott and Black History Month. There's other black drivers. Don't get me wrong, Wendell, uh, especially we're concentrating on because I, I, do, I do know some of the family, and it's um, there's connections there with Spartanburg with the first race, but there's, you know, Bill Lester and Willie T. Ribs, and, and now you look on the pit crews, and, and there's a lot of African-Americans uh, on pit crews and, and car owners. I mean, who could forget Brad Darty and uh, and now Michael Jordan? So uh, it's, getting, unreal, it's yeah. getting better. Oh, I tell you, I, I, Holly Kane, who covers NASCAR as well, who lives in Florida, and uh, we were tweeting back during the Daytona 500, and it's like I told Holly, when I covered Michael Jordan in his college career, when he was playing at Carolina with Brad Doherty, I never thought I'd be writing about Michael Jordan in NASCAR. You know? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody He's following you. You're good looking yeah. and following you. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Brad Doherty and I are from the same neck of the woods, so to speak, western North Carolina. Yeah. You know, he, he attended Owen High School. I don't think a lot of people realize that. And it's and I don't think a lot of people realize, too, the relevance of Brad Doherty's jersey number. Oh, absolutely. He, you know, he wore the jersey number 43. Yep. and. That was because when he was a child at the racetrack, Richard Petty paid attention to him, talked to him, signed autographs for him. And when he went with the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was in his contract that his jersey number would be 43. Yeah. And that was the reason. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And Willie T. Ribs, I don't know if you're familiar with the series that Tony Stewart and Ray Everham have put together the Extreme Racing series. It's, I've I heard it's of like it. A I don't know much six, about it yet. Yeah, it's like a six-race deal or seven-race deal that's going to be televised on CBS, and it's going to be a short-track deal. And Bill Elliott's going to drive again. Of course, Michael Waltrip just signed up for him. Elio Castroneves and Willie T. Ribs is going to be driving in it. And I... Many years ago, when Bob Kelly was handling PR for Ford Motorsports and Willie T. was driving in Ford's GTO in IMSA, I had gone to Michigan to cover a race, and there was a really nice Chinese restaurant just over the bridge in Canada that Bob Kelly really liked. And, of course, at that time, you didn't have to have a passport to go back and forth between Canada and the United States. And so... He invited Willie T, and Willie T and Bob Kelly and I went to dinner. And I, there was another reporter, too. And I think it might have been Frank Vehorn with the um, Norfolk, Virginia pilot that he, went with us. He used to, to write dinner. for the Spartanburg newspaper. He did. He wrote for Spartanburg. He wrote for Columbia. He wrote for Greensboro. Couldn't keep a job. Uh, pardon? He couldn't keep a job. <laughs> I never had I think one. he just started getting better offers is oh, what it amounted to. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if I got fired, I just cried to mama. <laughs> but well, ahead, um, that was a delightful evening, and it was during that time that if you called Willie T's answering machine, he had an impression of Muhammad Ali on it, and it was hilarious. But, ha- have uh, you by any chance seen Uppity, which is a documentary on Willie T. Ribs on, that's on Netflix? Netflix. 
No, I don't. I don't subscribe to Netflix, but I'm going to have to because there's a lot of things that I want to see on Netflix. Now, I see it when I go to my sister's because my sister and brother-in-law have Netflix, but I don't have Netflix. Well, it's it's fantastic. I've watched it twice. I watched it uh, before Daytona, and I watched it again, I think, within the last uh, couple of weeks anyway. Well, that would be Daytona, too. But any, uh, it's it just... Uh, shows all of his ups and downs and it's contemporary i mean it's it was done recently and uh it is really really good if you don't realize about willie t how good he was uh and it looks like we're gonna find out if he still is but you know he, <laughs> he, he ran indianapolis twice and he ran uh uh of course he was a trans am he drove teammate with wally dallin back for roush and and won there mm-hmm. and uh had some Almost, and, and all I really knew him for was more like misadventures with NASCAR. Uh, but they run that uh, die guard replacement or whatever that thing that Bill Gardner and some of them was. But then, yeah, it was die guard. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you know, uh, he, but he's a he's a heck of a story and and a really good driver. And uh, of course, he wanted to be a Formula One driver, and he he started out over in Europe. But anyway, get uppity, watch uppity. It, it's it's very good. And any of any of our listeners that have Netflix. So okay, now, I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the few minutes we got left, um, quite a quite a race last weekend at Daytona on the road course, and uh, Logano ran out of brakes, and uh, for the second week in a row, we've got a first time winner. I know, and it really may, has made an interesting start to the season because it is really shaken very early on the playoff uh, site set up because you know the playoffs are for the. 15 drivers plus the regular season champion. And with two first-time winners in the first two races of the season now, that basically leaves uh, 13 points positions open. So the people that were counting on getting in on points are going to have to rethink their situation now because, you know, they take the regular season champion, they take everyone who has won at least one race, during the first 26 races or the regular season. And then if there's any tiebreakers, the points are the tiebreakers. So it's going to be an extremely interesting season. Yeah, that's interesting that you've got it figured out like that with uh, how many spots are left, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be some good cars uh, that probably are going to get left out of this thing. And with more road courses yet to come, it could really get crazier. It could, and, you know, it's interesting because Michael McDowell emphasized after his Daytona 500 win that the road courses in Talladega, Daytona, and Pocono, those tracks play into the hands of those smaller teams because they really have a chance there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some more first-time winners pop up. I know I've already had one person tell me they would, that it might have been you that they'd love to see Corey LaJoy win. It wasn't me, and, but I wouldn't. He's 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 hanging into the – if the playoffs started today, he'd be in there. Yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't and say I mean, that, but I wish he would. Uh, well, Corey, and the thing is, Corey's so excited because he says, you know, he's in the best team he's ever been with, and it's affiliated with Chip Ganassi Racing. Is that Tommy Baldwin? Uh, Spire Motorsports. But the, uh, Tommy no. Baldwin used to have that number seven. He's yeah. not. He doesn't no, have that it's anymore. Not, it's not Tommy Baldwin. Mm-mm. Okay. 
But uh, the interest, and of course, the second car for that team in the Daytona 500 was Jamie McMurray. Who ran very well. Yes, he did. And it was interesting that in the preseason Zoom conferences, Corey LaJoy said that when he was over at Chip Ganassi Racing getting fitted for his seat, he asked him to beat it up a little bit because he'd never had a seat that looked that nice. (laughs) Well, you know, he sort of campaigned to to take uh, um, Jimmy Johnson's place, and I I don't know how well thought out that was, but... uh, he did get some attention, and, and if he's on with uh, a, a Ganassi associate team, more or less, uh, maybe it did him some good. I think he's got talent. Yeah, he does, and he's, um, you know, Corey's Corey, and he's like his daddy in some, a lot of respects, and he says what he thinks and really doesn't care whether it hits or misses. I like Corey, and it's uh, you always know where you stand with him. You know where everybody else stands with him too. You know one of the, the last things I remember when we did the autograph session uh, at that museum at Charlotte outside the fourth turn. Uh, it, you were sitting there, and next to you was uh, Randy Lajoy and then Corey Lajoy. And I came right. over there and I was talking to all of you and I said, uh, I, I, "You got a laugh out of this." I don't know if you remembered or not, but I told. Uh, um, What's the dad's name? I just said his name. Randy. Randy LaJoy. I said, Randy, I got a, a old friend from in, from Spartanburg wants to say hello to you. And uh, he said, who would that be? And I said, Buckshot Jones. And he he started laughing and kind of went through the roof because they had wars with each other back in, the, oh, I know. Back in those days. They couldn't stand <laughs> each other. They wrecked every week. I know. <laughs> Deb, let me, before we have to let you go here, um, give me your pick. I See, I told you, we've had 14 picks so far this year, and nobody's picked the winner of the race yet, of course. We've had some new winners, but uh, try it again. I'll let you go before me. Oh, I was going to say, who's already picked ahead uh, of me Okay, now? Uh, Kyle Busch was picked by Ronnie, and Lanny picked uh, Logano, and you're next. Denny Hamlin. Sounds and, like a good, strong, and I'll strong take, horse uh, to me, Deb. Even though it's not a road course, I'll take... Uh, yeah, your guy kind of. I wanted to chase Elliott last week, but you got him, and uh, he. Yeah, but you were kind enough to give him to me. Well, you already I, had him picked. Well, see, we don't have uh, any um, <laughs> any order in which we do this. This is for fun. Uh, there's absolutely nothing at stake here except saying that you won. So uh, that was fine. I had no problem with that. Uh, you got to pick there while we're doing this. Uh, yeah, it's, you, it, I tell you what, if you were, I'll, I'll I'll swap back with you this weekend. If you wanted Denny Hamlin, I'll let you have Denny, and I'll take somebody else. I just don't pick Toyotas. I, I've never picked a Toyota. I'm not a racist <laughs> or anything, but I drive a Ford, and I switched from Chevrolet to drive a Ford, so I, I just I don't pick Toyotas. And you can have him. You can, can I, have all of them. Can I can I have the Deuce? You can have a Keselowski. Yep. We're going to let you go, Deb. Uh, Thank you for calling in and wonderful stories about uh, Wendell there and his family. And we're going to have Frank on here after the top of the hour and with uh, a lady whose father was on his pit crew for years, and her name is Tony Arnold and her brother. And they're uh, very knowledgeable about Wendell's uh, story. In fact, she's the one hooking us up on some uh, uh, dial-in phone connection where we can all be on the phone at the same time. So, Deb, we appreciate all you. Let me insert something really quick. I was 
honored enough to be able to do the stories on the first two female pit crew members that went through NASCAR's diversity program. And ESPNW ran stories. We followed their whole career. And if you want to see an African-American woman that has really come and developed into a fine pit crew member, it's Brianna Daniels. Brianna Daniels and Brianna O'Leary are the two women. And um, one, uh, Brianna played basketball at Norfolk State, and Brianna was fast-pitch softball at her college, and she's originally from Texas. But let me tell you, Brianna has worked, and you can follow her very closely on social media. The last time I saw Brianna before a race, she has worked out so much that her biceps are as hard as a rock, and I am not kidding you okay Deb, right. we're right up against the break we got to take a break here i don't even have but uh 10 seconds i just wanted to say that there's a lady named dawn harris who i think is with nascar's diverse uh i know don well we tried to have her on this show but we couldn't get her we're working on it but i got four seconds to say you're listening to start your engines on fox sports spartanburg the home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We are Fox And here's what you need to know. Today at spring training, the Angels' Albert Pujols refuted his own wife's Instagram post indicating that he's going to retire at the end of the season. On Monday, Pujols' wife posted, quote, Today is the first day of the last season of one of the most remarkable careers in sports, unquote. This morning, Poult said, quote, that decision will come at the end of the year. My mind is not there yet. This thing got blown out of proportion, unquote. Something on social media getting blown out of proportion? You're joking. In the NBA Friday night, the Los Angeles Lakers broke a four-game losing streak with a 102-93 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. LeBron James, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Dennis Schroeder scored 22 after missing the last five games. Miami knocked off Utah 124-116. Jimmy Butler, a season Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler Sugar. We had a great week this week on Bump and Run. I want to thank our Friday guests, Coach Brian McConnell of the Woodruff Wolverines and Coach Thomas Ryan of the Dorman Cavaliers. Join us Monday morning as we break down all that happened over the weekend, South Carolina Clemson baseball, Dorman basketball, all that good stuff. Monday morning, 7 a.m. right here on Bump and Run on Fox Sports 1400 and on FM at 98.3. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. 
Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impactspreowned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on our celebration of Black History Month. And, um, man, it's been a great show so far, but it's getting ready to get better, Greg. We have on the phone with us right now, um, Tony Arnold with her brother Trey yeah. and Frank Scott, Wendell Scott's son. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, and we also have Frank's son, Frankie. We call him Frankie J. He's on as well. Oh, okay. Well, great. Um, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Bert. Good, good morning, morning Bert. Yeah, what's going, man? Everybody doing okay? He's a man. Doing great, man. Yeah, it's great to hear from y'all. Well, I'll tell you what, we're having a great time this morning, and we just had Deb Williams say some awfully nice things about uh, your father, Wendell, and a gentleman out in Oklahoma, Brent Hayek, who's got, uh, I guess, the 66 Ford of Wendell. He came on, and he had some great things and talked about buying parts and pieces from uh, the Scott family and, and, and how much he treasures that, that one particular car. Tony, why don't you take over here and uh, – Tell us a little bit how everybody knows how you and I got involved last summer at celebrating your father's uh, little uh, ceremony there that you had at the, the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. And, right. And so ha, ha, tell us again, because it's wonderful. It's a wonderful story about your father's connection with Wendell and um, and also about, you know, how he did so much at on the high school level over, was it Riverside High School? No, no, no. Don't let the East Side Eagles hear that one. Well, what, East, East Side, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, go ahead and yeah. straighten me out. Take it over. Okay. All right, all right. Well, I got the whole team here. They helped me out. So um, my father, Raymond Arnold Jr., he passed away last summer, and we had a commemorative several events in Spartanburg. The, the first one that we thought about was to um, have something at the fairgrounds there where he first got involved with uh, Mr. Wendell Scott um, in, in uh, his race in 1961 in NASCAR. But even prior to that, um, my dad had been teaching in the school system there. You know, before segregation, he taught at Lincoln High School. So he taught there for 15 years. He went to South Carolina State University. 
at the age of 15, so he went at a young age, and he studied automotive technology and industrial arts. So he taught that um, all things hands-on. He was very, very, very good with um, fixing and even designing and creating. So That's amazing. he spent 15 years at Eastside High School teaching there as well. So a lot of his students um, reached out to us. I didn't realize how much of an influence he had in so many people's lives until uh, last summer. And a lot of them from Lincoln and Eastside have their own businesses or either they're working in the automotive industry in some capacity, paint, or maybe they do body work or they do mechanics work or they're a service parts person there in the, in the Greenville-Spartanburg area. Or maybe they even left and they're doing things on their own. But I always tell people that before STEM was an acronym, Science, Technology, Engineering, Math, we were already doing it, but we just didn't have that acronym. He was always creating, um, helping us make sure we understood the science behind our projects. And my mother, she passed away as well um, at a young age. She was a school teacher at Spartanburg High School, Mary F. Arnold. But her name oh, is an English wow. teacher. So both of my parents being teachers really made sure all three of us, myself, my brother, Trey, and my sister, Sonia, she's a, a physician in Miami, they just made sure that we put education first, and my dad continued that after she passed. Um, he raised us pretty much with the help of the community and doing a lot of things, you know, on his own as a single father, and uh, making sure that we kept education in front of us. I am he transferred so that. I was just going to say, I'm so sorry that I didn't get to know you and your father uh, before, you know, before you, before your father passed away. I mean, we've been doing this show for, for, this is our fourth year and we could have done so much, you know, with him and had him on the show uh, in person or, or any, you know, it would have just been a, another facet to this show that that's fascinating yeah. and I, it just didn't happen. And, you know, you know, you made me feel so good the other day. I think it was yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. I think you texted me and you said, where have you been? <laughs> like, why didn't we hook up before? And I, you know, I don't know because it just didn't happen. And right. if that hadn't been in the newspaper, it might not have still happened because, uh, right, this right. is just a great unmined vein of knowledge about auto racing right. and not just black history, but auto racing in general. And it's just wonderful that I guess better late than never. Right. I'm pretty sure you guys are probably in some of the same places at the same time. Oh, I, I guarantee he it. Show. He used to tell me about it. I think it was his show. Uh, so you just probably did not uh, get a chance to take hands. But I'm sure you were, you were probably making history in the same same scenarios at some point. But I'll, I'll go to, I'm going to ask uh, Frankie or Jay or Senior to time in because from, from that point on, you asked me to kind of tell the story. So I wasn't born when they met at, at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. Um, however, I know that's where, um, you know, my dad heard it, heard about it. We are, so he heard about him racing. He wanted to go up there and see for himself. So that's how, that's how he met. He went up there and he saw him racing, not having, uh, some help with him that day. So he just said he wanted to get in the, get in the, uh, pits and help him when he came in for his next stop. And that would have been March the 4th, 1961, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah, I was there. I was nine years old. And Frank, were you there that night? Do you remember this, or did you? Did uh, no, I, w- I wasn't there. Uh, but what Tony's saying is uh, absolutely correct. Uh, that was the first time that my father met. Uh, we called him Rags or Ray Arnold, and uh, <laughs> the friendship 
and the partnership uh, developed from that point on throughout my father's racing career. And the Hall the and the Scott family became became family. And um, yeah. he was instrumental in so many ways whenever we traveled south or either when he can travel to other races where we were participating, he was always there to lend a helping hand and do whatever he could. So he was a trusted uh, pit crewman, uh, one that my father had confidence in. And uh, he, was, he was loyal, and uh, his words can't describe really um, how much affection my father and mother had for them. Uh, when I was raining with also his mother when she was living, Tony's mother, uh, that kid's mother. Yeah, I know uh, that night uh, he had bought that car from Buck Baker. I guess that's why he ran Spartanburg because Buck was here and the car was in Spartanburg, and so I guess he bought it and said, "Well, I'm you know my first race will be in Spartanburg," which is very fortunate for us. But uh, is that sort of the way it went down? Because I was there, and like I said, I was nine years old, but I thought it was Buck Baker. I mean, I know Buck had moved to Chrysler, and and but you know a lot of people ran there last year's car or something on the dirt tracks and things. And I, I don't remember, um, any, uh, of course I wasn't paying any attention probably to the, the loudspeakers anyway, but I know in Brian Donovan's, um, biography of your father, he says in there that, that the announcer, the public address announcer was instructed not to mention Wendell or not to mention that he was a man of color or whatever. And I, I mean, I would, I don't know if that's true or not, but, can you shed any light on that? And and because uh, he he actually well, qualified. the way that went down, uh, Wendell Scott's name was was prevalent in, in Virginia, particularly in Virginia, North Carolina, right? Because he was raced everywhere, and um, because of the turbulent times, you know, the racial unrest and all the things that was going on, even then, um, they 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 announced him as W. D. Scott. Okay. And they didn't. They didn't put it in the newspaper that he was there before, after the race. So it was that type of thing. Now, the reason you probably thought <clears throat> that was Buck Baker's car, <clears throat> excuse me, because his number was still on the car. Exactly. Eighty-seven. Yep. It was That's eighty-seven. Correct. We hadn't had time to change the number. Had had not been <clears throat> even a sign of NASCAR number at that time. So that. Uh, my father had permission to use the 87 on their car that night. Uh, you know what thing? It, uh, it's so good to talk to all you guys and uh, Wendell and all y'all are just wonderful people. I mean, he made such an impact on the sport in so many ways. I mean, let's look. look I mean, they'd they done a, a motion picture on him. Uh, it was partially ac- accurate, but they could have put a lot more stuff in it that was real and neat and uh, I do know one thing they proved, uh, with one of those, uh, cars up there at Charlotte, when your daddy could drive the race car and he could work on the race car and there wasn't nothing he couldn't do on the race car. And, uh, I'm just tickled to death that people are bringing this stuff back out so we can get it straight. Even though, uh, Wendell Scott's been like a, a staple. Uh, for all of us for years and years and there were 18 cars in the race that night and um wendell qualified ninth i mean he qualified a lot of cars and uh, of course cotton owens won the race but 
Richard Petty was second. David Pearson was third. And Jimmy Pardue was fourth. In fact, he outqualified Jimmy Pardue. And, I mean, Wendell could drive when he got here. Oh, it no just, doubt it about just, it. It was a matter of getting the equipment, right, Frank? That's right. And I've been knowing um, – I hope you I'm coming through clear. Yeah, you're coming I've in real knowing, good. Uh, real good. Okay. They had a race against all those guys, a lot of those guys like Ned, Jared, and Joe Webley and all those guys. They they came through the sports and mortified division uh, for, for, for over 10 years. They had raced, been compiled, you know, the Miles brothers. And, so Daddy was inspired that, uh, you know, a lot of times, he, you know, he won a lot of races and he raced, he, I ran those guys and he saw his, they were his contemporaries. So they were in Grand National and he, um, knew that if he had the opportunity, he could be competitive there. The main difference was uh, most of them, uh, almost all of them had sponsorship, and he never had any. That's the discrepancy uh, that uh, that plagued that plagued my father. Now, on that particular night, he did qualify now. If he had some oil pressure problem, uh, and, and uh, that had hurt the motor, it was a used motor. Everything on that car was worn completely out, you know, even the chassis and everything that, uh, it, it was was deteriorated, and but he took it and did and did remarkable things with it. Uh, now, is it true uh, that I read this in Brian Donovan's book um, that chassis had been welded together at some point and literally broke in half at Columbia during the race? Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, that's a true story. It had not been uh, welded and reinforced. They just. Uh, Put a little whale on it and put bond over it, and did what all of us used to do back then: was use flat black paint uh, to kind of hide the hide the infections on, in the car under the car. And yeah, he was going at the back straightaway, and the whole tail end uh, came off. You know, came off the back of the car, and, and the fuel that was still in the line got him down into the turn, but the, the tail end was sitting on the back stretch and. Oh uh, yes, it was a. That's unbelievable. That's that's what happened. That you know, that's what happened with that deal. Uh, but you know, I must have welded that one. <laughs> no, I think Buck <laughs> welded that one, but uh, or Buddy maybe. But anyway, um, well, Frank, you know, there's. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go to this part of it too much. I mean, you take us where you want us to go. I know Wendell had some problems with some drivers, um, so but. Also, he he was helped by some drivers, and and a name that comes to my mind is uh, Ned Jarrett. Um, or was there anybody else that was particularly helpful? I know, I know, Jim uh, or or Bill France wasn't helpful. I, I I think he had like a hands off policy. It sounds like to me he didn't he didn't stop him from doing anything, but he also didn't tell him at Darlington to let him race because they wouldn't let one to race at Darlington for years. Uh, so um, well, let me let me let me get you all straight on all of that. Okay? Well, that's what I. That's he, what was denied, uh, he was denied. Uh, he was denied. He was denied entry to to Dawson, uh for three years, uh, and it wasn't until the Civil Rights Act was passed in '64 he was allowed to race there in '65. But going back to the people who, uh, and l- let me say this too, you know, a lot of people. Uh, it was like a fraternity. A lot of people. Helped my father, but he helped a lot of people too. I mean, I've seen him solve problems with other drivers' cars and stuff. And you know that doesn't get uh, too much recognition, but that needs I'm, by the fact that I was there and I saw it, I wanted to mention that. But yeah, Ned Jarrett, uh, 
Uh, we could go down to his place, Rex White. All of them had factory cars, and we could get, like, fenders or bumpers or grills and stuff that they had. Uh, they had to keep all their cars spit shine, so a lot of times they would do it. We could get parts that they had uh, taken off of their cars, and I'd, we'd bring them back and we'd straighten them and use them. The Wood Brothers was were, we could get some we got some stuff from them. Uh, Richard Petty at, at times we, we were able to get something. He didn't keep the toolbox or two because we weren't running the same type of car. That was right. That was a myth that was in one of those uh, documentaries or whatever. But uh, you know, overall, I think that um, people, the drivers they knew my father's talent and they respected him, and they you know. A lot of people were struggling then, not not just us. You right. know, a lot of a lot of drivers were struggling with finances. What, what, but, uh, wasn't he particularly uh, close to Earl Brooks? It, Earl Brooks was his best friend. Yep. Okay, that's best what I friend, thought. Best friend, race driver friend. Right. Yeah, they. Um, and you know, unbeknown, uh, and it's, it's something else that's not brought out. When my father had two cars. He let Earl drive his second car. Right. Uh, the first Grand National races that Earl raced in. Dad had brought him into Grand National. Okay, now at that night at Spartanburg, Earl was with Dad. Oh, is that right? Oh, uh, he came. Yeah, he was with him. They were they were friends, and um, but Earl, when when we uh, when we got the '61 Chevrolet from Ned, Earl drove the '60 model Chevy that we had in Buck, and then when we got the '62, he drove the '62. The we went to Ford. He drove the uh, you know, he drove. He drove the forward too, so uh, they were friends. They were they were dear friends. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, and uh, one more I, I was going to mention because Alan Hill just came into the show and he showed me a picture on his phone that he had of uh, Wendell and Jabe Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Jabe Thomas was was a dear friend too. I talked to his son last week. All Virginia Ronnie, people we talked and uh, Ronnie. Yeah, and um, Jabe was uh, you know he was sort of on our level, but. Uh, he had a little. He had some backing. He had some financial backing. But the, the, the part of that I want to give Jabe credit for is when, when my father told us to rain it in, in Trenton. Uh, Dad had drove seven races. Jabe had he, had he bought his car from Petty, and he had a second car. And Dad had drove uh, one of his plumbers uh, in seven races uh, and while we were rebuilding, uh, you know, our Torino back. And they were just, just, you know, just awesome friends too. Yeah, uh, Trey, do you want to add anything here? You or uh, uh, Frankie Junior? Y'all got anything to say? We don't want to. You're on the line here, so we certainly don't want to omit yeah, you guys. I definitely want Frankie Junior to add something. Go I ahead. Want, you know, missing what he's doing with kids and stuff in Richmond. Okay. Right. Teacher. Go ahead, Frankie. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, all right, glad glad to be here and to. Um, uh, here's so much uh, of NASCAR history, and, and as it pertains to um, you know, my grandfather Wendell and and uh, uh, Mr. Arnold, is what I call him, um, uh, Ray Arnold Jr., and and be here with the Arnold family. Um, so uh, I do teach school in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's my 23rd year. We we're virtual. Um, yeah. And, um, a founding member of the uh, one of Scott's foundation. Well, tell us uh, about that. So my brother is the, is the CEO. Uh, so we um, just speaking as I was listening to uh, Tony at the start of the show, 
about her, her parents being educators. Uh, you know, my, my parents are educators too. And, um, you know, I was actually, I guess, born next door to the garage, to the shop in Danville. And, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I couldn't, I couldn't hang out at the garage like I, like I wanted to. Um, my grandfather would always send me back to the house. <laughs> tell me, go, go read book. And, uh, so that, that, you know, started my love for education and, and, um, you know, uh, my grandfather, you know, put all his children through, uh, college that wanted to go and wanted to finish and, uh, which led to my, my dad, uh, being educated as well for 42 years. So a former principal. And, um, so education runs through, uh, both on family and the staff family, um, in addition to, um, mentoring and, um, STEM and, just developing and um, just trying to be a part, a, a positive part of um, society. Well, that sounds like Frank we could... J. Tell them about the foundation, Frank J. Yeah, tell them about the foundation. Okay. Um, well, I guess you want. I, I can give you the origin of the foundation. Let's, let's We've got about seven minutes. Standpoint. We've got about seven All minutes. All right, I, I can. I can do it. I can do it. So ESPN did a 30 for 30 um, on Wendell Scott, and uh, we were there at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And uh, obviously ESPN does speak to this a little bit more. ESPN has reached out to the Scott family, um, you know, to contribute to that project. Um, but my brother and I were sitting there at night at the premiere at the Hall of Fame, and we said that we needed to try to control our narrative uh, the Wendell Scott narrative and, and the extended legacy of Wendell Scott. And uh, and that's really uh, the moment that the foundation was born. And, uh, you know, we mentor kids. Uh, we have relationships with different universities. Um, in Virginia State, we worked at A&T and other, other schools in the, and in the community. So WendellScott.org uh, is where you can find us online. Okay. And, uh, all right. Well, that's that's wonderful, and uh, it's great information, and hopefully uh, some of our listeners will go online. I know I sure will and, and look that up. Trey, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, I'd just like to say. Um, <clears throat> Welcome to the show. Number, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm just sitting here listening to uh, Frankie J and his father's voices. If you've never heard when this guy speaks, they sound exactly like him. They do. I can't. They sound exactly like him speaking, but just the fact that the uh, the, the education was pushed heavily, and uh, me and my sisters, we all, me and Tony both went in the engineering fields, um, and my dad, you know, he was a vocational education teacher, so it was all just, uh, I mean, it's, STEM is pretty much a vocational education, the rebirth of it, and um we're just trying to continue everybody's legacy. Uh, I want to help continue the Scott legacy as, long as, as well as my father's legacy. And, um, you know, we've got some projects going on with the NSBE, uh, National Society of Black Engineers, between Tony, she's president of the Raleigh chapter. I joined the Raleigh chapter. And, um, you know, I'm building a, I'm, I'm trying, I'm building a tribute car myself, a 65 Galaxy. And, um, and me and Frank were just speaking before. 
we uh, came on air, we want to build 62 as well. So, I mean, we're trying to do some things to continue the legacy out here so we can educate people and let them know that, uh, you know, that Wendell Scott was a, uh, a force in NASCAR way back before NASCAR was trying to do anything for people of color. So, yeah. <laughs> we just, what amazes sure me about Gulf deal is the amount of, I mean, this is Greg, I, I interrupt you because we don't have but a few minutes that I had to say this, but people around here uh, know Randall Scott, know the great race driver, all this stuff, but uh, he, uh, a lot of people don't realize how much education it was in that team and y'all's family. It's amazing. Right. And, and uh, y'all had to overcome so much diverse i mean so many things in that adversity story. adversity yeah. yeah barry has to really yeah. in every now and then but uh yeah they need to do all the movies and he set an example for a lot of things and it's all good uh, and, uh let, let me we really write up against it now uh tony uh we don't have to wait till yeah. every february to do this i really want right. you guys to come back on later on in the in the season uh and and go into this some more tell some more stories just war stories it's, you know i just love to hear uh, about wendell and the way you've got this phone hook up here i'm gonna have to get the radio station to look into this there's a bell that's great working perfectly and uh there's no reason we can't we can't do this more often and and i certainly want to uh do it right if people want to connect with us um i also have ray on com. that's we started a scholarship and scholarship and as, as Trey noted and as Frankie J noted, there's, there's so much work to be done. If people want to get involved, you can contact me, uh, Tony Arnold McFarland, Dr. Tony Arnold McFarland, and I'll have my information on RayArnoldLexi.com on how they can get involved with the, the Tribute Car Project. And also, you can, you can support the Wendell Scott Foundation at WendellScott.org. So hopefully we'll be able to come back and talk more because, like you said, there's so much, it's hard to fit it all in, in a, a 30 to 40 minute show. We'll come back anytime and be glad to share more on what we're doing. And I do want to make, make, make this point as well. Okay. These guys on the team, Team 34, they were engineering. They were recycling. They were doing all kinds of disciplines yet to be, you know, uh, given a name. They were doing STEM. They, they were doing engineering without actually having the degree, but the practicality was there. And there's still a lot of um, lessons to be learned from what they went through with the adversity they had to overcome. Well, James. And, and, raising, James, and raising successful families as well. Yeah, James Hilton told me that uh, um, he said Wendell Scott was tough as a grizzly. <laughs> He's, he thought so much of, uh, of uh, what adversity that Wendell and the whole family had to, had to endure. And, um, you know, We've got a two-hour show. We can devote more time to this later on in the year. And uh, uh, I got to ask Frank. I, I got to ask you one question: Did it mean anything to you, uh, whatsoever, to see number thirty-four win the Daytona Five Hundred? Absolutely, absolutely. We were. <laughs> we always pulled for that car on the track, and not only that car, but uh, for McDowell, he was. We were happy to see him uh, reach that. You know that that. Uh, level of accomplishment because he, you know, he's been dedicated, and uh, a lot of times he, uh, you know, he had a third tier team, and not able to, you know, run up front with the with the faster team. So we were so elated for him, and uh, if he's listening, if anybody know him, tell him to 
Scott Stammer supports him 100%. Well, he's tied with your dad for wins. Yeah, yeah. In, in, the, <laughs> in the top uh, level. So, uh, look. I hadn't thought is, about that, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, those wins, those wins come hard, you know. They're not, they're not too easy to get. No, they're not. <laughs> and and uh, um, I just can't thank you all enough for coming on. Tony, thank you for putting this together. And thank you for coming into my life. And, and exposing me to uh, this whole, this, the, I mean, I knew the Scott family before. I used to dance with Sybil at Hillsboro, but, uh, you, you know, you've exposed me to a, and all of us to a whole new uh, um, avenue of auto racing that, you know, I didn't even know a lot of this was out there. And to have somebody that we can talk to about the past and the future um, it's just wonderful, and uh, stay in touch, and uh, we're going to do this again later on in the year, if you, if you will. Most definitely. Thank definitely, you. Okay. Frank, Trey, Junior, yes, everybody, sir. thank you so All much right. for coming on the show, and we appreciate it, and uh, um, we're yeah. doing what we can to keep the history of the sport alive, and, and Wendell Scott and, and Ray Arnold in particular. We appreciate so that much. a lot. Okay, thank, thank you. you thank you all very much. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was great. That was wonderful. And we, uh, we're we going to take a break. They set a record. We went uh, 31 minutes. <laughs> That's the longest we ever had a guest or, or five guests or whatever we had there. But we got to take a break. We're going to come right back. Save that thought, Greg. And uh, we're going to do the last 29 minutes of the show. Alan Hill is in the house. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. You already know Carolina Driveline is the upstate's leader for custom drive shafts and high-performance racing. But did you know Carolina Driveline also specializes in agricultural and industrial equipment? Carolina Driveline can keep your equipment moving so you're never down for long. And when the work weekends, Carolina Driveline's 37 years of experience can deliver the best in off-road racing and 4x4 solutions. Whether it's your workday equipment, your everyday car, or your weekend 4x4, Carolina Driveline is your high-performance solution. Find out more at carolinadriveline.com. Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster in Jenny Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take that first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. And welcome back to uh, Start Your Engines. And we're uh, a little off on our commercial breaks. We'll have another one right before uh, we, right after we hear from Alan. Alan, tell well, us what, what happened locally. He's all stirred up over here about Almondinger in the Xfinity race. And what Logano, what Logano do? Well, he was just announcing stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gonna, was announcing. We're going to get back to some dirt races. All right, talk about it. I know you've been watching them boys practice at Bristol, haven't you? No, I haven't. Oh, they got Bristol smooth. It's not no banking like you think Bristol is. I know they said they were going to reduce all that. But they've reduced all that banking up there at Bristol. It looks like a big Eldora is what it looks like. All right. And um, they're going to be some good racing going on up there. They've been having some super late models going up there and practice a little bit. And uh, they're going to put on a good show up there. But we had a good show last week over here at Cherokee Speedway. They started off the season last week over there. Uh, starting off with the pure stop division. I'm going to give you the first five here. Pure stop. First place went to Ray Hudson. Second place went to Jason McGrew. Third place went to Derek Burgess. Fourth place went to Mitchell Paris. Fifth place went to Nathan Pierce. We're going to move over to the 602 late models. First place went to John Ruggiero Jr. Taking up where he left off last year up on that podium. They gonna, them boys are going to have to get together and start pulling him back down. <laughs> Second place went to Austin Mintz. Third place went to Brian Mullis. Fourth went to David Smith. Fifth went to Blake Blintley. In the Crusoe Street Dock Division, first place went to Ricky Green. And that made the second win of the weekend for Ricky Green. He won uh, the night before down at Lakeview. All right. So a uh, good weekend for Ricky Green there in the Crusoe Street Stock Division. Second went to Andy Stewart. Third went to Damian Crump. Fourth went to Earl Petty. Fifth went to Brandon Carter. In the Crusoe Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Daniel Massey. Second place went to Blake Blintley. Third went to Mark Towell. Fourth went to Steve Green. Fifth went to Shane McDaniels. In the Extreme Four Division, first place went to Justin Harris. Second went to Chris Meadows. Fourth, third went to Josh Ayers. Fourth went to Tyler Bailey. Fifth went to Scott Collinger. And now the main event went on. That's Super Late Malls over there put on a real good show. Uh, one of our local drivers, Zach Mitchell, was in Barry Wright's car, had a good show in there, and then had a going to be able to start on the outside, but went to that redraw. In this division, they have a redraw after qualifying. I don't know if I like the redraw. We I, talked about that before. We've talked about it before, but he went from outside pole back to sixth place. I know that tickled him, and that just uh, that put another one of our local drivers up on the outside pole, which was first place went to Chris Madden. Second went to Ross Bales. Third went to Kyle Strickler. Fourth went to Adam Yarborough. Fifth went to a NASCAR driver, Stuart Friesen. 
Oh yeah, the Can- he's Canadian, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah, but I've heard him name. I've heard his name a lot in NASCAR series. Yeah, he's got he's, a Canadian flag next to his name. But uh, he gets uh, he gets into these dirt late models a pretty good bit. So uh, maybe he might be getting ready for this deal up there at Bristol. Sounds like it. Okay, we're gonna start off today. Uh, Harris is having open practice today, weather permitting. They're supposed to make a ruling on that about twelve o'clock today. So. Check your local uh, Facebook as far as Harris Speedway. See what's going on up there. The I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, they said they're going to let the people that usually sit over in the stands, they're going to let them in the pit road area since they are working on the front straightaway grandstands. And boys is making a lot of improvement up there at Harris Speedway. Hopefully everything's going to go good for them. They're going to get their season started off here pretty soon. Also... You got Livonia Speedway right down here in Georgia, right across the line, not too far away. Starting off today, they got the Georgia Enduros. Going to pay them boys $500 to win. Got the Stock 8 Division, Front Wheel Drive Division. Going to pay them boys $1,000 for the winter down there. Uh, also on the schedule, Young Guns. They got the Mini Late Models down there. And they got the MMSA Stock 4 Division. Going to pay them boys $1,500. Then they're going to come back over on Sunday afternoon. They're going to bring in the 602 Charger Division, the SM4, paying them boys $2,000 to win, the Mid-East 602 Open Wheel Modifieds, the Modified Street Division, the 602 Late Models, and the Southeastern Late Models. Uh, racing down there is going to start each day about 1, one o'clock, so... Uh, if you want to hurry up, head that way, you can make it there on time. It's a thought. It's, it's, it's a good race, and uh, we talked to the owner of that racetrack last week, which is Scott Childers. Yep. And, you know, he promotes Cherokee Speedway, so he's actually racing at Livonia on Sunday down there, and he also's got Cherokee running on tomorrow afternoon, too. So well, He uh, can't be at both places. Well, he's going to try his best <laughs> if I know him. Okay. So, uh. Over here at Cherokee Speedway on Sunday afternoon, they're going to have the 604 late models. They're going to have the Super Sportsman Division. They're going to have the Street Stock, the Thunder Bomber, Stock 4, Extreme 4 Front Wheel Drive, and got a change in the Young Guns Division this year and made a little bit of a stir up. They're going to put Young Guns in V8 cars. Well, that's they not a lot more let, power, right? Got a little bit more power. They're not going let to let them boys and girls in four-cylinder cars and they've been a little steer about you know a bunch of them already had four-cylinder cars built now they haven't go out and trying to find them a, a v8 car can you just slip a v8 in there or is the no, engine compartment no, no, not big enough no, it's, it's it's totally it's totally different well, they ought to give them more notice uh well they they kind of pretty much put this into making this into last year oh, okay but, but it's uh, something else gates are going to open it 11 o'clock today, driver's meeting is 2.30. I mean, tomorrow. Stands is $15. Pits is going to be $30. Also, Carolina. Carolina was supposed to have a, a two-day deal up there. That's Gastonia, they, right? Yep. But they changed it down, and now they got the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models, paying them $1,500 to win. They got the Super Sportsman Division, paying $1,000. The Thunder Bombers. $1,000, Thunder Sportsman, Pro 4, Hornets Extreme 4. Pit gates open 
and it's going to be at 12 o'clock. Driver's meeting is going to be at 5 p.m. And uh, I'd say wrap you up a coat. Get ready to go up there to Carolina. That way you can go to Carolina this afternoon, come back down to Gaffney tomorrow. Spend the night in Blacksburg. That's, <laughs> uh, the place has been not in Blacksburg? Uh, I don't know. Rest <laughs> area. There's the state line. But uh, all these racetracks are getting cranked up around here. A lot of good racing going on. Yep, there sure is. All right, let's let's take it. Is that all? That's, that's, that's pretty much it as far as our local tracks right now. All right, we're going to take our uh, last break and come back and uh, take it to the finish line here. We um, ran long with the uh, the Scots and the Arnolds, but that was okay. That was a great segment. Um, so we'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Football season is coming. Whether you're a Spartanburg Viking fan or a Chapman Panther, a Gamecock or a Tiger, whether you're a Carolina Panthers or a Washington football team fan, we can all agree that we can't wait for kickoff. Make sure you're ready for football season by visiting Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio will get your car ready for football with new speakers so you can hear the games clearly. Elite Audio has everything you need to make your ride more enjoyable from stereos and speakers to DVD players and navigation systems. So get your car ready for football season and go see the experts at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com.
Okay, and welcome back to the final segment of Start Your Engines. We got 13 minutes and 50 seconds to fill here. Let's talk a little bit about Xfinity because uh, that was a good race. It was a good race for Jeremy Clements. He uh, finished third in the first segment because uh, Allen's buddy Almondinger turned left when he was uh, – he, he turned right when he should have been turning left. Is that the way it went down? He, it caused a wreck right there as they were coming out of that last little uh, – chicane and but much to the benefit of jeremy clements well you heard me tell you last week uh, one of our callers called me and he said uh one of our guests he called me up and said uh hey why don't you start this segment of what were you thinking <laughs> and uh i said there i said do what he said you know you got these other shows on there and stuff like that so uh i text perry i said what do you think almondinger was thinking <laughs> turning left to come and get the green and white flag, not the black and white flag. Right. I mean, if it was the checkered flag, I could understand him turning left on him to try to hold him back, but uh, not not a stage win, yeah. which I know he's trying to win. He's running for the points this year, and that put them way behind. You know, the grass was the biggest enemy on that deal because it just took the front of that car off. But, you know, um, Ty Gibbs lost the whole corner at the front of his car. Uh you know, the tire was showing and everything, and uh, you figured he was done, but uh, he... Uh, that was Cindric, wasn't it? The 22 car. Cindric, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong, that late late, rate, late race caution kind of caused this deal, but uh, but you got to hand it, Ty. He held it on that outside line, and he come through there. Yeah, Cindric was the one that ran the car that was damaged, but uh, yeah, Ty Gibbs got his first win and his first Xfinity start, and... Uh, uh, you know, it's like we were talking during the break right there. Those other three boys at Gibbs are probably uh, sweating bullets. Well, and and it looks like maybe they'll have to have a second team for uh, Michael Wall- Michael uh, Jordan or something. Michael, Might have to come up with a, no, another car. You don't, you don't think Michael Jordan him come up with a second car team, do you? Well, I don't know. Who would you fire? Hamlin or uh, or one of the other Kyle two? Bush Kyle Bush or Truex? Truex. Uh, you, uh, well, I, I I would say Hamlin will be the one to go over since he's already got a hand in the other car there. He'll, so, move, uh, over, he'll move over to his other car on. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's don't go there. <laughs> but anyway, Jeremy ended up finishing 10th um, in the second segment and 10th in the final uh, checkered flag. So he had a real good finish there. And I know they had him on um, Open Mic Daily. I think it was Wednesday, and he was – had him on there for about an hour, and he was real happy and sounds good and real jacked up for the rest of the season. Ty Gibbs was the winner. Austin Cendrick was second. Daniel Hemrick and the other Gibbs car was third. Brandon Jones was fourth, and he drives for Gibbs. Fifth was Jeb Burton. Sixth was Harrison Burton, and he drives for Joe Gibbs. So Gibbs had four cars in the top six. Miguel Paludo from Brazil was seventh. Eighth was Brandon Brown, ninth Justin Haley, and Jeremy Clements was tenth. Now, with those good finishes um, that Jeremy's had so far this year, well, twenty second in the in the the Daytona race uh, on Speed Weeks, and then tenth this week has boosted him up to seventh place in the standings. So he is in really good shape. He's fifty one points out of first. Here's the way the standings are as of going into the race today at four thirty at Homestead. Austin Sendrick is first. Harrison Burton is second. Daniel Hemrick is third. Brandon Brown is fourth. Miat Snyder is fifth. 
Jeb Burton is sixth, and 51 points out of first place is Jeremy Clements in seventh. Ty Gibbs is right behind him in eighth. Justin Haley, ninth, and Brandon Jones, tenth. So that's a real good start. Hope you can keep the momentum up because in the race today at Homestead, which is the Contender Boats 250, Austin Sendrick is on the pole, and these were assigned again by points and this, that, and the other, and the sign of the Zodiac and crazy stuff. Daniel Hemrick is second. Harrison Burton starts third. Brandon Jones, fourth. Jeb Burton, uh, fifth. Brett Moffat, sixth. Brandon Brown, seventh. Justin Haley, eighth. And Jeremy Clements is starting ninth. So he's got a good starting place at Homestead, and outside of him is Miat Snyder. So he just has to keep it in one piece and uh, have some good pit stops. Hopefully they got some tires that they can use and uh, and keep up with the fast boys. You're exactly right. And that's one of the best tracks he can go to down there. It's kind of flat. You know, he kind of runs yep. good on him, good flat track. Well, now, you know, they got the progressive banking. It used to be flat. That's got that banking where the farther you up, go up towards the wall, the higher the banking. I think it's something like 12, 18, and 22 or something. So it's you know, it's, it's almost like a dish. You know, it goes up. So it, it was real. F <coughs> Excuse me. It was real flat when uh, Kristen Fittipaldi took me around it in 19, uh, oh, about 97, something like that. But uh, no, it's a it, it's a, it's a, a different track. That, that track's had four different configurations. When they built it, it was a little Indianapolis with straightaways between the turns. And then they then when I went around it, it, it was flat. They just did away with that altogether and made it flat. And then this is the third configuration where they've actually banked the turn. So, uh, anyway, I still think they should end the season there, but nobody listens to me. Let me hit this real quick. Uh, the TV schedule today, and there's not much of one, but there is one. The uh, There's a lot of replays of stuff, but at 4 o'clock, the uh, Xfinity Series pre-race show comes on, and at 4.30 is the race, and that is on FS1. And it's scheduled from 4.30 to 7. I'm not sure what the weather's like down there. But uh, anyway, I'm sure uh, they'll do all they can. They got light, so they'll get it in one way or the other. And then on Sunday, you've got the pre-race show on FS1 from 2 to 3. Then another pre-race show on Fox from 3 to 3.30. And then the race is on Fox from 3.30 to 7. So uh, um, that's it. The... Uh, be at Las Vegas next week with all three series. We'll talk about that next week. And, uh, of course, we got looming in the future here somewhere, uh, Sebring with Mike Hill and his one or two cars. So, uh, anyway, we got seven minutes. What you got there, Greg? I'm just tickled to death just first to have everything going smooth. And, you know, the, the other day when we met uh, 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 Jeremy and them down there at the uh, – R.J. Rockers. Yeah, the R.J. Rockers, and he had his day. I was impressed with that car now. I mean, that, that car was really nice. It was one of the Daytona cars. And you could just tell talking to Jeremy, you know, he's always super nice, but he, he had more confidence to him or something. I, I don't know what it was. You know, I think he knew he had better equipment than what he's had, and he was happy. Got a new crew chief, too. Yeah, that no, seems to I be didn't make, know. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's uh, seems to be making a big difference, and he's putting a lot of. He mentioned that, but I, it, it went in one ear and out the you other. Take, I, you take put that crew chief in it in that shop area through the week. It makes you go faster on 
on weekends. Well, he said something now. I did listen to his interview on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, on Open Mic Daily with uh, Clary and uh, Smitty and, and the boys. And he's and Alex, and he said that uh, there's some things that they just never figured out, or you know, I guess it sort of stayed on the back burner that this is a problem, and we'll try to fix it someday. But he said this new guy, and I wish I knew his name, I don't know it, but he said he's come in there and um, and solved problems. He said they solved problems they didn't really know they had. Right, That's and and, and things are just running better, and it's like, oh well, I. I changed this and I changed that and it was, you know, well, that's, it's better than it was. So he made a point that he's not throwing off on the old team and the old crew chief or anything like that, but the new ones are getting the job done. Well, that's about like Mike up there at juniors. He said he'd go down there at seven and eight o'clock at night, kind of work whenever he wanted to, you know, the doors pretty much at juniors when junior shop was there behind junior's house shop stayed open all the time. Yeah, and Junior always got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, yep. 4 o'clock, and then they'd have breakfast and everything. They had a real good group up there and everything. You know, and like I say, when you take your brother and and some of those guys up there, crew chief means a bunch, psychologically means a bunch. You have to have the tools. You have to have the horsepower. Uh, you got you know, you got to have a lot of things. But uh, that crew chief, that's the communication point between the car owner and, and the driver and, and what done and everything. You get the right chemistry right there. If the car is somewhere close, it'll go to the front. And I, you, you got to get that group of boys that don't worry about that time clock over there. I'll uh, leave whenever, you know, the job gets done. That's right. That's exactly not, right. Don't worry about that 5 o'clock time clock. No. And, and that's like I say, Mike, Mike might take a notion uh, years ago. And him and one of the guys or him by himself, let's take another. said, I think I'm going to go ahead and get that done, but I want to double check this other thing. He's ride down there and get it done. Tell Junior about it and what all, you know, that this butt's boy was done. And uh, look at their win-loss top five, top ten record and everything, and it shows it. Yep. With many, many drivers. Well, Mike, Mike done rear-end housing, built transmissions there for Junior, and he, he made the comment there at one time. He said, Junior told me that I had an unlimited bank account, kind of, till it got up to 50. I could buy anything I wanted till it got up to $50,000. He said, that's, that's pretty right, loose. I, that's one of them loose credit cards, come, ain't come, it? That's good. $50,000, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, we've had a great show today. It was a privilege to have on um, all the guests that we had, and we had quite a few of them. Brent Hayek out in uh, Ames, Oklahoma, with his uh, collection of cards. We're going to have him back to talk about some of the other ones because he go to his website, and you can see he's got a bunch of them. I saw that Parnelli Jones car running around a road course, but I didn't realize that was a Pike's Peak car. I thought that was just one of It was a strop car, but I didn't realize it was a – I thought it was a stock car from a, a NASCAR or whatever. He was great. Uh, and, of course, Tony Arnold with uh, reminiscences about her father and his connection at Eastside High School. I don't ever want to say that other high school again. It was Eastside that he was at. And um, and Frank Scott, Wendell's son, who was at a lot of these races with him and wasn't actually there that first race in Spartanburg on March 4th, 2000. Uh, 2000 March 1st, 19... 19- March 4th, 
1961. I'll get it out in a second. 60 years ago here coming up next week. And, uh, and, and Tony's brother, Trey and Frank's son, Frank Jr. Who's a teacher and handles the, uh, Wendell Scott foundation up in Richmond, Virginia. It was great having all these people on the show, Greg, uh, after Mike Helton and Daryl Waltrip and the show that I put together today, you got, you're going to have to come up with a doozy for next week. Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> so, uh, you better get your, uh, you better get your thinking cap on and maybe, uh, well, we're running Phoenix. Let's just sit here and think. No, Let's... they're running Las Vegas and it don't have to be Vegas. somebody that raced at Las Vegas because yeah. Kale Yarborough never been to las vegas and he you know he'd be a good one Maybe to have on. be a good one to have we, yep. we had not talked to kale this year well no we talked to him once a year and i like to hit kale early so well uh, we'll, we'll work on kale or and while we uh well anyway you got to give the signal here in a minute i know what i'm doing i know i know you do I'll let you know when you, you sharp quit at, talking you, you sharp at the tack <laughs> greg uh i know you'll get us somebody good so i'm not worried about it and uh alan we'd like to have you for a full show next week if we can well, uh, I got three or four texts this week. It started out at ten twenty, then it went to eleven twenty, then it. Uh, Look, but, I know that. I, I, just, I know I, the guy that schedules just show, <laughs> and I'll talk to him about putting you in your normal place, which is now going to be ten twenty. So we won't run into Deb, or it won't likely be take up her time, and we're going to start putting our our uh, legend at eleven, so we can come right out of the break and he can go as long as he wanted to like we did today we didn't have to worry about running over anything we're so, good uh, yep so uh it was good having ronnie on the show we started out with ronnie to, he's ready to come back he's gonna just, get another shot and he's better. gonna be with he's us back. he's gonna come back when yeah. he gets his other shot well how long is that away he's I'll, got to I'll wait go, a month and he I'll, had it yesterday i'll go find him one all right. Well, <laughs> our website is SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Okay. Fox call. Sports fourteen hundred WSPG Spartanburg. I'm not sure why our clothes didn't run, but anyway, Natalie, get our table ready. We'll be there shortly. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Where's that coming from? <laughs> 